Welcome to episode 126 of the Whatnots Review Show, where every week we pick a new story and we talk about it. This could be a movie, TV series, anime, manga, comic book, audio drama, all kinds of entertainment. We watch it, read it, listen to it, and then we come back here and we talk about it. My name is Melissa Wilkinson, and I am joined, as always, by co-captain Kyle Springer. Oh, man, I was hoping you would introduce yourself as Big W. (laughs) No. (laughs) Like, it's me, Big W. (laughs) You know, you're aware. Yeah. Yeah. You guys should go listen to the captain's log from this week, and you guys will know what we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. I, I am good. My morning has turned out to be pretty good. I feel like it's going to be a good day. It's just, it just mm-hmm. one of those things where I, I have a feeling. Like, I don't have anything planned, but it's just like, I feel like yeah. today is going to be a good day. That's nice. Yeah. What about you? What are you up to this uh, weekend? I'm going to make a pizza from scratch again. I haven't done that in a while. Like, from scratch from scratch? Like, make the dough? Yeah. Oh, wow. There you go. Yeah. Good stuff. And they call me Pizza Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the pizza god. I'm the creator. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that sounds fun. Sounds mm. like an adventure. Yeah. Do you know the show we watched this week is about a lot of culinary activities. <laughs> sure. That's one way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> so it puts me in the mood to cook. This week, Kyle, we watched season one of the TV show Hannibal. Yeah, we're starting about Hannibal Lecter. That one. Yeah, this is our kickoff to October. It is uh, a procedural crime drama that is very scary and gruesome. Yes, I I would say more so gruesome than scary. Mm. But it, it does get pretty scary. There are some m- 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 moments that I'm just like, oh, if this, uh, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, I think this is the most horror based that any network TV procedural has ever gone. Yeah, yeah. Um, had 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 you seen this show before? Yeah, I watched season one shortly after it aired. Okay. And then I started watching season two and I fell off of it. And it's been a show that I've always really respected, but it is very dark, which is why I fell off of it. But I've, yeah. I'd been wanting to give it another try. And you really love crime shows. Mm-hmm. So I thought this would be a good thing to show to you and see what your findings are and watch it again with a friend. Yeah. Exactly. I I had not seen this before, uh, but it had always been one that came highly recommended to Mm. me because they all knew. It's like, Kyle, you love crime shows. Why haven't you seen (laughs) Hannibal yet? And I was just like, I don't know. Um, But like I... I had had this on my list for a while, but it was always really, really low on my list. Mm. I, I just don't know what about it like didn't really get on my radar um but i'm glad i finally watched it this is a good one and i think a good one to start off our spooky month with so yeah 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 i pitched this show to you uh one because it's great for the season i thought as a very artistic crime show you would Mm -hmm. dig it i've been wanting to rewatch it 
This is also the third Brian Fuller TV show we've covered. Yeah. I wanted to do that. Yeah. Uh, in 2018, we talked about first the first season of American Gods. Last year, we talked about the first season of Pushing Daisies, which is tonally a complete opposite of this show. I mean, they're 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 all very different. Mm. But they they yeah, have this like underlying style to them that yeah. I think transfers between them just in different forms. It's like, hey, th- this is him. I mean, yeah, it, it literally is him making a h- h- horror show, making a mm-hmm. like fantasy show, and then making like a, a more of a like drama slash rom com, but still with like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's strange. But it's, they, yeah, they all Pushing have this... Daisies is a a musical rom com noir. Yeah, it's it's a it's a strange uh, mix bag of stuff. Mm. So good stuff. But in in watching this show, I realized we accidentally stumbled on a magnificent trend in casting, which is. This year, we have seen three actors from Epcot rides. I wouldn't have known this, so thank you, Melissa, for your strange knowledge. (laughs) And I'm a big Epcot nerd, and I didn't realize it until I was in the middle of watching the show. And it was all stuff I had pitched, and I was not seeing the connections. Okay, so we watched the Kenneth Branagh murder on the Orient Express. Right. Uh, One of those uh, many cast members was Dame Judi Dench, who narrates the Spaceship Earth ride. Okay. That's the ride that's inside the big Epcot ball. Right, yeah. That's the formal name of that building is Spaceship Earth. We watch the Venture Brothers featuring the voice talents of Patrick Warburton, who okay. narrates Soren. Sure. <laughs> okay. And this show features Gina Torres, who is the new host of Mission Space. There you go. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I wouldn't have known that in a lifetime of me. <laughs> we, we also have now had three Daniel Craig-specific Bond villains on the show this year with Mads sure. Mikkelsen, Rami Malek from when we watched Mr. Robot, Yet sure. to be Seen yeah. in No Time to Die, and way back at the beginning of the year when we watched Sherlock, the actor who played Moriarty, I think his name is Andrew Scott, mm-hmm. he's one of the, the B-villains in Spectre. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yes. That's, that's that. That's fun knowledge, though. Like that. I... <laughs> <laughs> this is why I like pitching so many movies and TVs because we get these casts that I can pull all these weird connections out of. That's great. That's great. Um. Yeah. So what? What is your history? I guess then with like Silence of the Lambs, Red Dragon. Have you read the book? Have you seen the no, movies? No, What's I think I've I've seen most of Silence of the Lambs on TV once. Okay. And that's it. And then I started watching Hannibal just because Tumblr was all about it at that oh, time yeah. in like 2013, 2014. I remember. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, that yeah, that 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 seems fair. Yeah, I I I remember it being popular on Tumblr and stuff like that. But mm. I I had seen Silence of the Lambs probably once or twice, but in pieces. Yeah, because my dad really liked it, and it was on TV a lot because it was a super 
popular one. And I remember go- going into Blockbuster as a kid and seeing the the like VHS cover yeah. there, and it horrified me. I it, it was so <laughs> striking to have the woman there like at like extra pale, and then there's the butterfly on on the mouth there, and I was yeah. just like, I don't like that. That's yeah, yeah. What does this mean? Yeah, it's metaphor. What does it mean? Does this actually happen in the film? Um, Why is the killer just putting butterflies on mouths? Does that kill you? You're a kid. You don't know what anything is. Yeah. And so it it, it, it was one of those things that I don't think I had seen like mm. all together in one sitting. Um, and so I finally watched that this week as, as well after I finished season one of mm. Hannibal. Because I was like, I kind of want to go back and see if there are connections to that mm. or e- 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 easter eggs and stuff i missed um so yeah that that was fun too but let's do a <laughs> synopsis of hannibal season one and then mm. we can get into housekeeping and then dive into spoilers yeah this show hannibal is a supporting character and the lead is will graham he's a psychologist uh, he's kind of a, a special auxiliary agent to like this FBI unit. He mostly works as a professor at Quantico and he's has this condition where he can empathize very strongly with anyone, including a serial killer. So he is brought out when they have something that they really cannot wrap their heads around. Yeah. So they're like, okay, let's bring in Will Graham. Like he can put himself in a killer's shoes better than anybody else. He's going to be able to help us track this guy down who's ripping apart and and eating all these girls that they're finding. Mm-hmm. And it's him being pulled in on all these gruesome cases, and you watch his mental state deteriorate a lot. And he's yeah. talking to Hannibal Lecter as De- like deteriorate is uh, is understating it. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> He falls to absolute pieces. Yeah. And he's talking to Hannibal Lecter as his like psychologist and colleague, also as one of the auxiliary psychologists of this criminal behavior investigation unit. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of a prequel in a yeah. sense to Silence of the Lambs and stuff like that, um, which I, I guess even then, I guess the... So the, this is all based off of the Red Dragon novel, uh-huh. um, which I I haven't seen that one because I I know there's a movie based on there's actually a couple movies. I, I based remember off the of poster very clearly, also, but I yeah, have not yeah. seen this one. So there there's the novel uh, Red Dragon, and then originally in 1986 there was an adaptation of the novel into a film called Man Hunter. Uh, yeah. In which Brian Cox played Hannibal Lecter uh, and Will Graham was in the movie, Freddie Lowndes. Um, why am I blanking on his name now? Jack Crawford. Mm. He's in, in, in that film and stuff too. Um but yeah, then then they made a second adaption in the early 2000s of 
red dragon uh, with Edward Norton playing Will Graham and Anthony Hopkins reprising his role as Hannibal Lecter. So yeah, I haven't seen that one, but this I'm assuming is more closely related to Red Dragon. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know I d- exactly. How <laughs> yeah, much, I so. don't know hardly anything about the Hannibal extended universe. Right, the Hannibal cinematic universe. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, it, it, to to be honest, this this series. Yeah. It like I said, did make me want to go watch Silence of the Lambs, which is still a really good movie. And I I'm interested in now going to watch Red Dragon and yeah. now that I know about this man huh, 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 Hunter film to go watch that which they say is now a cult film because it didn't do well in the box office <laughs> um, but yeah so I yeah I, I I liked this series a lot as a crime show mm. I think it's fantastic. Um, yes. As a serial killer show, it's incredibly interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. There is some like fantasy stuff mixed in there. There's a number of like dream related sequences or yes. nightmare sequences. Some of that is starting to blend into reality, um, and that is kind of what I was alluding to when I was mentioning that like hey this and pushing daisies and american yeah. gods all kind of have this similar underlying style mm. where the, the, there is just this kind of decadence to the, 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 the yes to the show in really subtle ways that it's just like <laughs> this is interesting like i i don't think De- i've seen a crime show do anything like this yeah decadent is definitely the way to describe this show everything is mm-hmm. so lush Every building they go to is like beautifully Gorgeous. designed. Everybody's so well dressed. And there's all the, I think in like practically every episode, you watch Hannibal cooking something in his kitchen yeah. and the food is like so lovingly prepared. Oh, there's a culinary consultant for this show, Jose Andres. Amazing. He also has a restaurant at Disney World. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I forget which restaurant it is and where it is on property, but he's there. So we've got another Disney World connection. Wonderful. <laughs> I I wonder what the Walt the the Disney ver, 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 version of Hannibal Lecter would would be. <laughs> it's just Pete the Cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Will Graham is goofy. <laughs> well, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I. I don't know if I have much else to say that wouldn't mm. be spoiler stuff. Uh. With this. So do you have? I. Last thoughts before we get into. Uh, that I want to throw one more. Uh, perspective out on this before we head into spoilers which is that this show is very grim it has almost no levity to it there's practically there's a couple like dramatic irony laughs when Hannibal is very clearly alluding to the fact that he's eating people and nobody nobody gets what he's saying there's a handful of stuff like that but no this is it's grim it's wall to wall grim dark yeah 
Yes. Yeah. This is not for the faint of of, of heart. Uh, Mm. Yeah, there are some very gruesome moments and scenes and stuff and they do not shy away oh no it's at all it's terribly gory and it's emotionally gruesome in addition to being physically gruesome like it's a very sad show yeah which is it like the one thing i will say about that is i can see (laughs) why it potentially got canceled and i think that would be a big part of it of just like this is a little, little bit too much for like network television like i can see it if if this had gone if netflix was like what it is now or if the, mm. the, the 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 streaming you know atmosphere is what it is now back then i think this would have been yeah. perfect for netflix or, mm. or or something um but yeah, yeah just just a tad too much for yeah network. and like <laughs> And I was the one who wanted to watch this again. Like I said, I thoroughly respect the show, but it is difficult to say that I enjoy it. Yeah, that makes sense. I I enjoy it, but that's just because I like yeah. the the crime shows yeah. and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I ad- I admire it very much, but it yeah. is it's not fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's an makes odd sense. one. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah housekeeping before we get into Mm -hmm. spoilers if you guys did not know we have multiple podcasts here at the whatnots you guys can find out more information on our website thewhatnots.com as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice Uh, just type in the whatnots and all of our shows will pop up right there if you guys like what we do patreon.com slash the whatnots is where you can support us for as little as a dollar a month uh, at our $3 tier, we have all kinds of exclusive content, and we just put up a kind of Jackbox Party Pack community g- 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 game night Let's Play thing. So you guys mm-hmm. can go ch- ch- check out that if you guys want. We have all kinds of stuff for you to check out there. Uh, and we would like to give a special shout out to our Patreon supporters at the $5 tier. So thank you, Sam, so much for helping us out and keeping the microphones on. We appreciate it a lot. Thank you. Indeed. Okay. I think I set things up. So our, my spoiler alert. Hey, there it is. Spoilers. We are officially in spoiler territory. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, you know what? I need to go back and see if the sound came in on that. Uh huh. I don't know if it came in on stream. Mm, well, we're making that. sounds right now by we, talking we, about it. We are it. making sounds, that's for sure. <laughs> the whatnots. We make sounds. <laughs> <laughs> this is what truly sets um, us apart from other podcasts the amount of sound right. we have. Well, that's debatable, but <laughs> uh, so yeah, season one of Hannibal. I, mm. I, I want to dive right into this kind of like fantastical decadent side okay. of the show because I, yeah. I think that's that that's the thing that kind of sets it apart um, from this, and a, a part of it that I was not expecting. Like, I was not expecting these dreamlike sequences, this, like, spirit animal kind of thing haunting yeah. him. I didn't really understand all of I mean, I did, but it, it was still just like, I. 
This is a strange inclusion. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> I think it's supposed to be very abstract and dreamlike. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um so Will Graham is the character that can empathize with all of these people and st- and stuff like that. And he's having it weigh on him mentally, uh which starts to mm. weigh on him physically and stuff like that and he is starting to have these nightmares. Um, and these like reoccurring dreams, and he keeps seeing this dream of this elk that is haunting him. It's like this all black elk, and it's it's not attacking him. It's just kind of there, and it's like it's it's looking at him, and when he sees it, it will kind of run away and do things and to be honest i think that's it's kind of a really really great metaphor for the show and for his relationship with hannibal lecter Mm. which is who who that that elk is supposed to represent right it's like he's always there we know who he he is (laughs) we know what he's been doing but they don't know yet Right. Mm. And so it's this thing where he he's he's seeing this thing and he doesn't understand it and he doesn't yeah. know what it is. And he's just like, why is that there? <laughs> oh, well, and then just like moves on. And the elk or stag, I, I wasn't exactly sure what it was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take your word for it. It looked like uh, an elk. Your parents live in me. Montana. Yeah. Uh, which is where I think animals like this live. They're out in <laughs> Wyoming, but yeah, they're, they're, they're out there. Okay. So. Oh, right. Yeah. Sorry. Um, the, fir- the initial killer that Will is brought in on, Garrett Jacob Hobbs, he takes these girls and he impales them on you know, these big buck antlers, like, you know, yeah. the preserved mm-hmm. trophy antlers you'd have hanging in your hunting lodge or whatever. He, like, picks them up and, like, sticks them on there. And Will gets so into this guy's head. You can tell this is, like, the most gruesome killer he's, like, ever had to come up against. He has to really become well, he, him he in order to really find him. He hasn't really necessarily done this before, has he? Like, he's he's profiled stuff. He's He's teaching yeah. he's doing stuff like that maybe he's consulted on some cases mm. but i it they at least to me they made it seem like he hadn't really done this in this manner before yeah i think he's done it in like an academic sense and he does have some sort of a law enforcement service record but he has mostly been like a professor yeah. and now he's being brought in as this special agent to be actively investigating there in the field on the crime scene. And it's really, it's doing a number on him. And like, he has to put himself in this killer's head and then eventually he has to kill that man, mm-hmm. to stop him from killing his daughter. And Will hates that he had to do that. Like he hates this man and he hates that he had to kill him. And he's so haunted by what he did and how in touch with that killer he became that the, the stag represents like all of those murders that he now almost feels like he did. Yeah. Well, it, it's, yeah, I mean, it's the fact that he didn't want to kill it. Like, him p- 
personally didn't want to kill this guy, but he's like mm. you said, he was also so deep into this guy's mindset that when he did kill him, like he it eventually comes out that he thought it felt good, mm. like it made him feel powerful. Mm. Um, which it you know is a scary thought, and that's kind of the whole yeah. like premise of the show. Like, let's watch this guy walk on the edge of a cliff and see how long he can go without falling <laughs> off right and he keeps doing this because the head of this organization of this like law enforcement unit jack crawford keeps putting him out there keeps assigning him he keeps calling him out into the field mm-hmm. and i don't think i've seen another procedural show like this that is about so much at the forefront immediately in season one investigating crimes like this is very bad for you. Like Will yeah. is mentally falling apart and everybody's like, Jack, you you got to pull him away. Jack, this isn't good for him. And Jack's like, I know, but he's saving lives and I can't protect him. Sit, you know, set him away in a little bubble mm-hmm. when I know there's all these people out there getting killed. When I bring him in, he figures it out. He stops the killing. That's worth it to me. I'm yeah. sorry, but I'm going to keep doing this. Yeah. And yeah, like the the dream kind of nightmare things that are happening end up kind of bleeding into reality a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um. To to the point where the by the end of season one, Will kind of has an idea. He knows Hannibal is not who he says he is. Right. Mm. Um. And the the elk that we see then begins to take on a more humanoid form. It's still this all black, yeah. like scary looking thing, but it has the antlers still. And there's a scene at the end of season one when they are back at the house of that first case. And the roles are kind of reversed where... Mm-hmm. Will is the one that shot, and he gets knocked back into into the same corner as the guy that yeah. he killed. He says the exact same line. He's like, "See, you see now," uh, and, yeah, and which which was a strange, scary line. But when he looks up at Hannibal. he changes into this like black nightmare figure. Yeah, I think. I remember him being referred to as the Wendigo, which is a interesting uh, a figure of, I believe, like Native American or Canadian legend. Like if you if you eat another person, even if you're in like this really harsh survival situation, that distorts you, that morphs you. You're not really a person anymore. You're this Wendigo creature. Yeah, yeah. So that that that, that I, I think was an interesting turn because having seen silence of the lambs before i kind of knew hannibal was into like he he had that like he liked the classical music Mm. like he he has this like he's super smart he has he Mm. has a psychiatry degree or whatever and like i i I knew he was kind of more into that stuff but i i think with the inclusion of these like fantasy dreams it it just, it just yeah. makes the rest of the show that much more decadent and it, yeah. it's just like yeah cuz it like it 
Besides that, the show is pretty much just a standard crime show. Um, I, I will say some of the, well, I, I, I guess the only other thing that I, I guess you could say is decadent is the way in which a lot of these people are killed. Like, oh, yes. They, they, right? They, like, they are to the extreme. Um, mm. But yeah, like, it's, it's those three things. Right, it's the it's Doctor Lecter's like psychiatry room slash office. Mm. I would love to have a space like God. That. Be amazing. I don't know if I've I don't know if I've ever seen a contemporary show, a show set in more or less our real yeah. world, not anything fantastical that has such beautifully designed sets. Yeah, it's great, great stuff. <sighs> um. And yeah, just like it's it's so there's something that's a, almost overwhelming about it. Mm. Like it it almost doesn't fit, but it works so well. Yeah, everything in this show is so stylized. Like Hannibal is very well dressed, which fits with his character. He's a man who enjoys the finer things in life: yeah. art, wine, uh, organs of various types. Sure, yeah. But a lot, a lot of the cast is very well dressed in a way that I feel like they wouldn't be in another show. Jack is very stylish. Uh, Franklin, that one kind of a sad sack patient that Hannibal sees sometimes, yeah. he's very well dressed. In another show, you know he would look much schlubbier. Yeah. But no, he looks just as crisp and put together as anybody else is. Oh, like everything is chosen so deliberately and so artistically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's an interesting choice and it's 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 one on the surface I don't think a lot mm. of people would really pay attention to. You might mm. be like, "Oh, nice suit." You know. Oh, fancy. And that's it. But but yeah, like once once you start to like stop and t- take a look at this mm. show, like it's it's really subtle, but yeah, it's fanciful. It, you know, that there's it's just yeah. <laughs> in in every detail like I I, I I would say even in Freddy Lowndes, her hairstyle, the curls and the color, it's just so rich and it's so – it's just like every detail in this show has just so much to it. But it's still Uh so subtle that it just – Yeah, like it's every single thing is the person treating themselves. It's like every character is wearing their – favorite outfit every day they bought everything (laughs) on their wish list when they were designing their home every meal is like this grand finale like celebratory meal everything is amped up to 10 everybody picked their favorite finest thing and gets to do it all the time like i glad you brought up hmm? i i i I was just gonna say on the mention of food i I have a basically full-time job, and then with all the podcast stuff, that's another yeah. like part-time job on t- on, t- on top of that. I barely have time to cook a, a frozen pizza. Like, how did <laughs> how does he have the time to? <laughs> no, there's no way. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I, the 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 food is just incredible. It looks gorgeous. Ooh. So and like his his plates are full of like flowers. Like he'll serve something on a be- on like a big leaf. He's got this really cool feature in his dining room that's like never focused on. But in the background, you can see that he has these ledges 
built into his wall and every ledge is a planter and like his wall is just like a wall of living growing plants and like yeah. herbs and ivy and things like that it's really cool gorgeous yeah good stuff yeah i'm glad you brought up freddie lounds because she is she's it's a wonderful performance i dig that character and she's so pretty in like an old painting way yeah <laughs> so i feel like really adds to the story Oh, it adds to the aesthetic of the show, like that particular woman and how she was cast and how she was styled. Oh, yeah. she looked she looks like she just stepped out of some beautiful, decadent, like rich, jewel-toned, precious, expensive <laughs> painting. And she's the tabloid reporter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um which as as much as I'm gushing about that. I want to talk about some things that I don't like about this show. Okay. Um, one of the things that I didn't l- like, I think, is its sense of location. Mm. I, I I like the, the, the individual sets and stuff, like we mentioned. Fantastic. But I, I know that they're traveling to other cities to uh, investigate yeah. these c- cases. But again, it's very subtle that they tell you that it almost doesn't register. And so it felt like they're all in one town. And yes. I was just like, this is ridiculous. This is all in one town. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, no, it's 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 not. But it feels like it is. Yeah. And, and I, that I, might be. I kind of would have liked to have just a little bit more distinction of of like, yeah. hey, this is a new case. It's a new killer. They're in a completely different location. There's there's mm-hmm. something different about the style or about the way that they're doing the case or something. Just just to or just, you know what? Just I'm a simple man. Just you know, be like, hey, this is Philadelphia, right? And then there's you know, some like. Big, bigger t- text i know they have some some yeah. on there but it, it, again it's just it's that like typewriter style font where it's like okay hey we're in wolf trap virginia we're in quantico mm-hmm. and it, and it's it's not c- commanding enough to to make it to make me really pay attention to it's like okay we're somewhere else now yeah i get what you're saying yeah they travel when they go to Minnesota, which is like where the whole Garrett Jacob Hobbs murders happen, that does not feel or like really look in any way very different like from where Minnesota, they are in yeah. the, yeah, in like Virginia, Baltimore, the kind of that surrounding DC area. Yeah, it would uh, yeah it would have been nice to see them live in the aesthetics, like go to like the American Southwest and just have everything be very lushly orange for a while. Yeah, like because so, I. Yeah, I I I felt like I was getting lost in this like fictional fantasy world. Oh, this would never happen yeah. in real life. This is all yeah. just in one town, and you know that's why this is this show is ridiculous. <laughs> you know, um, but it's not the case. So yeah, it was just one thing that I thought they could have done a little bit better at. Um, I will say I. So I dropped off partway through season two. Melissa, you got uh, row body for a second he- here. Do you mind repeating that? <sighs> so I dropped off the show partway through season two. 
Okay. But I went through Netflix and I looked at the episode descriptions of all the way through. I think the show lasted three seasons. So I looked at the descriptions Correct. all the way through season three. So I kind of had an idea of where the show ended up going. Mm-hmm. Season three, they go to Italy. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> they spent all this time in Italy. And one of the episode descriptions mentioned a castle lector. So that would make sense. I, cause he has doesn't in silence of the lambs. He has a bunch of drawings, uh, in his cell. And I think they're of mm. Italy. Oh, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. So after I watched season one, um, I was like, Hey, I'm going to go watch silence of the lambs. That way I can see if there's any connections or mm. stuff like that. Um, and, that and you know there wouldn't necessarily be spoilers for season two and three of the show. It was just like, hey, you know, go watch the original. Yeah. Um, there are some interesting connections that parallel in mm. in both the show and the movie. In the show, Jack Crawford, um, it, it is a character in the show, and he's in mm. the Silence of the Lambs movie. Um. Of course, in the movie, he's played by a white guy, and here in the show, he's played by Lawrence Fishburne, um, and so he's in 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 there. But in the movie, Silence of the Lambs, J- Jody Foster's character is a trainee. And mm. it is there's ah. like that exact same scene where he pulls her in and she has some report that he, you know she she needs working on and like why aren't you yeah. in class that scene happens in the movie oh. and it's in the show with the character of Miriam Lass so i thought that was neat that there is this like parallel or at least this pattern that jack has of he likes his star students of like, I'm g- g- going to take you and your talents and your uh, like p- passion to solve this case, and I will put you on this thing, right? Mm. Um, and apparently, after getting them murdered, he does not learn. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so that 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 was an interesting thing to see, to to see. Um, what else was there? I guess the character of Chilton. The yeah, guy yeah. who he's in both the show and the movie, Frederick Ch- Chilton, and uh, he's the one that I guess Lecter goes to eat at the end of the Silence of the Lambs movie. Okay, I'm having an old friend for dinner. Yeah, yeah. So that that's that character. That was neat to see him. Yeah, like. There's just some 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 interesting connections with that stuff. Neat. I will have to say though. Let me ask you this first. What do you think the scariest moment of this show was for you, or like the the first thing that like really scared you? First thing. Oh, I'd say the scariest thing is all the stuff with uh. Georgia Madsen, who's this woman who has this condition where she believes she's dead. Yeah. She also has some sort of physical condition where, like, Will reaches out to grab her and her skin just pulls off of her arm like a glove. Yeah. She's, like, hiding under a bed. That was disgusting. Yeah, like that. 
<laughs> everything with her, including how she dies, where she's like being treated in this uh, hyperbaric like oxygen chamber. And you see Hannibal like slips in a, a plastic comb for her. She doesn't see it happen. She just turns around and on like the little tray where I guess they would give her food. Yeah. She's, there's a comb and she's like, oh, a comb. I'll comb my hair. And then there's one static shock and she's burning to death inside this like glass tube. Yeah. God. Yeah, that it's, that was that was really scary. I think that the moment when Will Graham is back in that house, just being yeah. like, I, "There's something here that I missed," right? Yes, and he's and yeah, and he just he, oh, the under the bed thing is horrifying. And then yeah. for that to happen to like she follows him back to his house. I, I, I the, again, I know they weren't in the same location, but she also wasn't in virginia that case i don't remember exactly where she was but I, yeah she, she may have been in like baltimore or, or like something delaware or something delaware. Yeah. i don't i don't know she how the eastern seaboard goes all the way to, down to virginia i don't know how she gets down there without being caught or doing some crazy thing but she then gets into his house without the dogs knowing a thing goes underneath his bed and just sleeps there and and <sighs> he he wakes up because one of the dogs does finally start growling mm-hmm. and that's horrifying i would never sleep yeah. in that bed again no yeah. <laughs> like i would move move houses um yeah <laughs> move that, you and your seven dogs right yeah that that was really scary but i think to me, one of the most like subtly scary things for mm. me, I've been to many of those locations. I grew up in oh. those locations. Yeah. Trap Virginia. I've been there many times. Wow. The biggest thing that's out there is a concert venue. It's literally just called Wolf Trap. Um, and it's this big like outdoor concert venue. There's uh, there's there's like it, there's like pavilion seating where it's like un- underneath this big structure. Sh- 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 but then there's like a big expansive like amphitheater style lawn Ooh. that you, you can sit in and you can picnic yeah. while you know there's some concert on. I've I've seen a whole bunch of stuff there. Most of it was stuff that I got dragged too because my parents didn't want to get a babysitter so I, <laughs> I, I, I saw like uh faith <laughs> hill the, the there i think the one thing that i went to go see there that i really wanted to, to, to go see i dragged my parents to go see gola gola island live <laughs> at wolf wow. it was great um, I can't believe a live Gullah Gullah Island stage show happened in this same town. Yep. Yeah. So I, I grew up there. I've driven through Quantico many, many times. Mm. Um, yeah, just the, there being in Baltimore. I've been to I've been all around there many times. Um, yeah, that was just like, oh, I grew up here. <laughs> Ooh, eerie. <laughs> yeah. So that was little little bit like <laughs> I, I didn't see that but that so uh i i guess what was even more interesting in, then i believe it was episode four 
where they get to mm-hmm. the story about the children who are k- k- kidnapped yes. and then go um, murder their parents. Apparently, that episode was taken out of TV here in the United States. Like, it ne- it never aired. Oh. Um, and instead, what they did is they released parts of it as webisodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the full thing was finally put on once it hit, uh, like it- iTunes and stuff like okay. that. Okay. So the first time I watched the show, I just, I watched it after season one had aired and I bought the Blu-ray set. I didn't know that it wasn't aired on TV. Yeah. I, I read that on their Wikipedia and ah. people were speculating it was because of, I don't remember what they were speculating it was because of, but it they that ended up being wrong and then it was kind of it seemed like it was more because of the oh here we go it says this was not a result of the boston marathon bombing as some reports have indicated indicated but was actually decided just hours before hand and was more likely due to the sandy hook elementary school shooting and yeah they were just like look with the stuff that's happening now this might be a little bit too much Mm -hmm. what was scary for me about that one is the same thing location that house Mm. was in reston virginia which is the town that i lived in like i i literally grew up in reston wow yeah that that was that 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 is where <laughs> where I grew up. So um, that was just like yeah, the houses sure would look like that. <laughs> Ooh, that's chilling. I would be horrified if some grim procedural show came to Florissant, Missouri, right? Sleepy little Florissant, Missouri, with our two frozen custard stands. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> That, yeah, that that was scary, but wow, good stuff, good stuff. I'm glad you've got – this is something I wanted to ask you about. Like, hey, you're in Virginia. What's your perspective on this? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, I only know Wolf Trap for that concert venue, so I don't <laughs> really know. Like, it, mm-hmm. is there more country space? I guess there could be where you could have a house yeah. kind of out in the middle of nowhere there, but – I. I don't know. Like, I just remember, like, going to see Toby Keith, you know? And it's just like, ah, this is terrible. Why did my parents take me to this? Mm. So, (laughs) I mean, I I guess in one sense you can say that that was murder too. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, it was good. It was fun. Um. Let's see what 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 should we t- t- talk about next? There is so so much with this. Show. Goodness, there really is. I <laughs> talking about Will Graham and his seven dogs. Okay, yeah. I, I mentioned there's there's no levity in this show. Like there are the moments of dramatic irony, and there are mm-hmm. certain things that are slightly. Uh, they're so heightened; they're kind of absurd. Like Will. Uh, having trouble connecting with people, his habit of picking up strays, like he adopts all these stray dogs. He does have so many stray dogs that it is almost comical just as a concept. Yeah. But nothing is ever 
funny. You get a couple quips from like those other lab techs. Like there's Beverly and then there's those two guys whose names I never caught if they if they were mentioned. I kind of liked them though cuz they were just I did. idiots. Yeah. <laughs> they were great. Yeah, and like you can tell they're all like very competent at what they're doing, but they are like the yeah. closest this show gets to, to comic it. relief. <laughs> yeah, you so know, I, they're not in involved in any of these machinations yeah. and serious discussions about will and who you know what is the chesapeake ripper legacy mean for me? like they're just like uh we right. we looked at blood under the fingernails we ran these tests like they live in this very simple protected little bubble and yeah. i want them to stay there i don't want anything bad to happen to those guys it's great i because yeah i i mentioned they are just complete <laughs> idiots but yeah 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 right they're not they're they're actually insanely competent yeah they're only idiots in comparison right yes yeah to everyone else in comparison it's just like these guys are morons but yeah i i liked them i don't remember her name the woman that was with them the beverly asian woman i i liked her too um they, she was good because she she had that one scene at the end when Will finally does yeah. get arrested, and she's just like, "All right, cut the shit." Like we we uh-huh. know what this stuff is. Like I don't have to pretend with you. Like, oh, what am I gonna find underneath your fingernails? It's like I know what this is. And I was like, mm-hmm. she's smart. I, I like her. So. Yeah, yeah. She's I like those three lab techs. Like they've got somewhat of a sense of humor. Like this whole show seems like so there's a coldness yeah. to it. She was like, also the one that was like was actually interested in him. Like the the yeah. the, the two guys were more just like I don't understand a thing. How like why do you know this stuff? Like how do you know this stuff? And she's just like this guy's fascinating. Like, I yeah. kind of want to know more about him. Yeah. Like, she's trying to be Will's friend. Sure. Yeah. Oh, one thing I really like about this show that practically no other shows of its kind do is that everybody's on first name basis with each other. Yep. hmm <laughs> Like, everybody goes by first names. It's not Dr. Lecter. It's like, oh, Hannibal. Hello, Hannibal. I feel like it's the it's the norm for procedurals. Like, everybody just, everyone just goes by their last name. Yeah. <laughs> We're just reading our names off of badges because we're detectives. Yeah. I like that personal, intimate quality that this gives the show, which makes, I don't know, like all the schemes and secrets and everything like more devastating. Like this is a show about a very small pocket of immediate people mm-hmm. just like slowly burning from the inside out because Jack's making bad decisions yeah. and Hannibal's just playing everybody and like hiding his hand and it takes will forever to be like i think you are up to things uh everybody's blaming me for stuff because i'm always around but everywhere i go you're also there yeah yeah it's it's an it's an interesting cast and and how Mm. tight-knit they all are um Mm. because because they they they're not all necessarily friends but they're all no. close, like uh, work colleagues and stuff. Yeah, like it, it it has the the workplace kind of uh, relationships that you see a lot in TV, where they are they are 
they do know each other fairly intimately uh, in a, a sense. They know their work. They know their tendencies and stuff like that. And some of them do get romantically involved mm-hmm. and, and, and stuff. But, yeah, it's it's inter- interesting to say the yeah. least. I, yeah, I think, like the character. Di- oh, hmm? Go ahead. No, I'm just saying, like, I like all the various character dynamics in the show. I like mm-hmm. that it is a group of people who do truly respect each other. They wouldn't be around each other if they didn't value each other's opinions. And, yeah. like, even things where when Hannibal takes, uh, I'm, I'm blanking out on the girl's name, Abigail. He takes Abigail, like, out of the psychiatric ward for the day. He brings her to his house for like a little dinner party. He gives her this like sedative in the tea. This is actually like way stronger than what he tells Alana it yeah. is. Uh-huh. And Alana's like really upset about him. They still cooperate and work together in the episodes after that. Like there's lots of bad things happening, but everybody still tries to develop a good working relationship with each other. Like everybody wants to get along nobody's purposefully making enemies right except for hannibal i guess yeah yeah so speaking of i think we should talk more about hannibal himself mm-hmm. uh, mads mickelson plays the character in this role yes how did you feel mads mickelson did as hannibal it's a great like really interesting performance in that he's mm-hmm. so stoic and formal yeah he he almost never smiles he, th- but you can still get this there's one time where he smiles that i thought was really creepy he's uh he's with jack crawford and they go mm. to uh talk to will graham and will is in the middle of a lecture and he's he's starting to make some connections that there's mm-hmm. like a copycat killer out there and he knows like and this guy is still out there and you see lector and he's he just has this 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 slight smile on his face he's like mm-hmm. ah he's catching on good <laughs> right um uh, which is an in, in interesting thing because he's 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 toying with him is the mm-hmm. is the whole thing. Le- that Dr. Lecter is playing with well. He's um yep. making him think he's okay when he's really not and he should like you yeah. need to seek help, dude. Like <laughs> um and yeah, he like I think they have a metaphor in there if he just like went into his mind and lit things on fire and has just like I'm gonna watch it burn. Yeah, well, part of that is that he, the like, Will thinks he's sick. Will goes in for this brain scan, and the brain scan lights up. Half of his brain is just bright red. Yeah, like he's got such a fever. He's getting so neurologically sick. And Hannibal's talking to his doctor buddy, and he's like, "But isn't it academically interesting if we just let him believe he's not physically sick and that he has some sort of a mental disorder?" And the doctor's like, "You're right." Like, let's use this opportunity to study what his mind does. Let's not yeah. tell him he's sick. And so Will's like, so what's mentally wrong with me then? Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. I don't have, like, some sort of a brain infection. Yeah. Like, that's one of, like, the worst things that happens in the show is, like, no, you're not sick. No, you're not. Your brain isn't uh, having a 105-degree fever on one side. You're right. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. It's it's in. Because yeah, he's 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 stoic. He's smart. 
But another thing that I think I didn't necessarily like about the show is that mm. they they almost it felt like they were trying to make me believe that Hannibal did all of the killings. <laughs> you found that hard to believe? I well, that's the thing. Like I I know he's a cannibal. I know he's a serial killer. I know he's super smart and so he will do killings and get away with it and stuff like that but i think we we get that the initial copycat which we were led to believe that that was him Mm -hmm. uh we get we get um i got the sense that the uh what, what was the serial killer that they thought was in jail and the the Chesapeake Ripper, yeah, the Ch- Ch- Chesapeake Ripper. I kind of got the sense that Hannibal was the real Ch- Ch- Chesapeake Ripper, yes. and so it's this yeah. thing of like, okay, over here he's known as the Ch- 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 Chesapeake Ripper, but over <laughs> here he's doing these things, and over here he's the copycat, and like, the, and it's just like. Like, I know every once in a while he's killing and he's, you know, but it just, it seems like so much that it it was, it was like, am I supposed to believe that he did all of these? I don't know. That just seems a little much. He's, he's very intelligent. He's been doing this long enough that you imagine he would be very efficient about it. Like he's, you know, like right. yeah. a, a sous chef who knows exactly how to slice and dice up a chicken in like five minutes and like get it cooking like he's good at this by now and he's smart enough and he knows the way investigators think so that he's able to create these murders and like throw them onto whatever trail he wants them onto. yeah he's committing all these crimes and it takes a very long time for anybody to realize this might all be the same guy yeah because he is actively changing his style the presentation what it seems like the motives would be yeah, like they're they're too good to be true. They're too perfect. Yeah, it's just like, huh? Yes. This guy, this guy knows some things. He has inside knowledge, which is yeah, where we end up at this yeah. at at the end of season one. Will is mm. like, it's one of us. It's he's like it's someone in this room right now. I know it. <laughs> I swear to you, guys. And they're they're all just like, how could that be? You're crazy. Will, you have something wrong with you. Look how far you've gotten. And he's just like, no, I'm serious. <laughs> so. Yeah, and like what a visceral portrait of Will falling apart. Like he's constantly sweaty. Oh, yeah. There's, there's Dude, no g- less than how like three sleep? or four scenes. I don't know. There's no less than like three or four scenes where he wakes up in the middle of the night from a nightmare like covered in sweat. God, I, yeah. <laughs> it keeps happening. He's such an absolute mess. He is. In a way that I appreciate. I appreciate that it's like, no, we're going full force on this immediately in season one. You're going to watch this man fall apart that hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. To, to, yeah, like that's that's that that's the thing. I I think in a weird way, this show also makes you empathize with he, 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 Hannibal, where he's just mm-hmm. like, isn't it interesting to just watch this guy <laughs> fall apart? Right, it's and putting, you're just like, it's putting us in his shoes. Actually, yeah, like, you're yes, right. <laughs> move the game pieces around. I I want to see what happens. Right. Yeah. I want to read you. 
a Tumblr post. Oh, God. Yes, please. <laughs> so I found this uh, in, like I said, in like 2013, 2014, whenever I was watching the show. And this is somebody's analysis of what, of how Hannibal thinks about Will. Who's the original Hannibal poster? Did you, has it say? Um, it's from uh, a Dream With user. Uh, Dream With, which I think was an offshoot of Live Journal. Okay. It's from a user on that site. Don't know if it's still running called I Broke Tuesday. And then somebody reposted it on Tumblr under the username Mako Kitten. Again, Tumblr also a site that's also kind of not really around anymore. I don't know if any of these people are still active anywhere. Yeah. But yes, let's credit this these very important paragraphs that I was thinking about. Hannibal cares about Will in the same way I care about my copy of my favorite book. It engages my interests and gives me good feelings like comfort, pleasure, and excitement. I would say that I love this book, but my feelings towards the book are all centered around myself. I love the book because of how it stimulates me. I can do whatever I want with this book. I'm a person and the book is an inanimate object. I don't worry about the book's well-being. I don't hope it has a long and fulfilling life. If my copy is destroyed, I'll grumble about having to buy a new one, but I won't grieve the loss of an uh, the loss of an independent life, a separate world, because it doesn't matter whether that particular physical copy is at hand. What matters is that I can read whenever I want. Essentially, that kind of love is nothing like the love I bear for other people where I care about them separate from myself, but that's the kind of love Hannibal has for Will. Hannibal doesn't care if Will is happy, healthy, or sane. He cares if Will is his. He wants Will to be there for Hannibal's own pleasure, and that's all that matters. He has proven willing to destroy Will if that's what it takes to keep Will under his control. Yes, he's very involved with and attached to Will, but it's in the same way that a child loves their favorite toy. Will is ancillary to Hannibal. Will is the best book Hannibal has ever read. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, that that's a good analogy. <laughs> he's just, he's just a toy for him to to play with. Yeah. The most emotion we ever see from Hannibal about Will. And you can see like when he's talking to his own therapist Jillian Anderson, he's brushing yeah, up yeah, against yeah. the concept. Right. I haven't even mentioned her yet and I had no idea she, kid, the, she she was in this show. I was like, "Oh, she's in this show. I love her. She's great." Yeah. <laughs> This is a great addition. But like he's talking about how he's kind of having feelings of friendship for Will. And Jillian Anderson is like, neither of you are in the right frame of mind to really think about friendship as a solid human concept. Like this isn't going to work out for either of you. Yeah. But the most emotion he genuinely shows to Will is, I forget which episode it is, but it's an episode where Will almost dies. And Hannibal says like, oh, I thought you might have been dead. And you can tell it's from a source of, oh, I wanted to kill you. Yeah. Or at least I wanted, like, I wanted to see you die. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be the one pulling the strings for your death. Like, that's mine. Your life and your death are mine, Will. Don't, I don't want anybody else to take that. That makes sense. Yeah. And he has some oh, man. fondness for Abigail. It seems like he kind of wants Abigail to be a protege like he looks at her and sees that she may have some of the same or at least an instrument in how he's toying with will right yeah so 
Yeah. You even talked about Abigail at all. She was an interesting character, too. I mean, they're they're all interesting in their own way. Oh, yes. We haven't even talked about, and I'm blanking on her name, but the woman that is... Yeah, Alana. Uh, How, yeah, she's kind of another one of the colleagues slash psychiatrists slash love Mm. interest for... Yeah. Will, and yeah, like, Mm -hmm. her connection to... Will is interesting to watch too because she has genuine affection for for yeah. him in the way that Hannibal does not. Mm-hmm. But she's also being fed all of this misinformation and stuff, and she's yeah. just like, "You idiots! I told you!" Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> I love, I love Alana. I love all of her wrap dresses. She's not only constantly very well dressed; it's specifically a wrap style dress. Like seventy percent of the time, I Yo, like Alana specific raps. choice. I like her little starfish necklace, but <laughs> she's so good. Like she's the conscience of the entire show. Mm-hmm. She's always right because her heart is good, not from any kind of intellectual smart alecky perspective. She doesn't believe she's right out of ego. She believes she's right because she has good instincts and a good conscience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there, there's a lot to dive in with this show. There's one thing, I think this is pretty much the last thing I'll mention about this mm. this this show. There's a scene, I believe, in episode one or two, I believe it's in the first one, uh, where Jack Crawford and Will Graham are in the bathroom together, mm. and it's this like red and white bathroom. Yeah, it's the Shining bathroom. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, uh, there's kind of Easter eggs in in there like that. Uh, I know Brian Fuller kind of designed this whole show to be uh, like, what would David Lynch do with Hannibal? Which is why I think you kind of get the whole dream sequences. Yeah. There's just this underlying tone of darkness underneath here somewhere, right? Um. So yeah, like there's some some interesting things, and I I again haven't looked up Easter eggs because I don't want things to get spoiled. But mm. I'm willing to bet that there are more things like that of like, oh, this scene is a mirror of this one scene from this one horror movie, yeah, and stuff like that. And I I think also after watching Silence of the Lambs two, that's an interesting installment into this whole, like we said, the Hannibal cinematic universe thing. Because it's it's a more classical horror film. It's not scary in the ways you would think it's scary. Like, there's no real jump scares. It's just unsettling is the thing. But it's also very dramatic. Like there's mm-hmm. this like operatic music and it, yeah, you, you know, this, yeah. or, this orchestral swelling of like uh, it's about to be a dramatic mm. scene and uh, da, 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 da. <laughs> and, and, and it, yeah it like they use all of these techniques that you would see in older movies mm. in these older horror films and noir films that's like oh here's a scene where the light is only on their eyes right and he they do that like three quarters 
Kubrick st- stare that's just like yeah. it, it makes it look intense and stuff yeah. and that's not something you really get from horror movies mm-hmm. these days and so I think that mixed with the like oh here's the bathroom from The Shining that's strange like I wonder if this scene mimics that thing or that you know like I like yeah. these references to uh, 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 other things in there um and st- it still feels like it's its o- 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 own we're d- doing our own thing we're building our own mythology and yeah. stuff like that and they can still just be like type of the hat this thing you know yeah one thing i really like about how this show tells its story is that when it comes to Hannibal himself, very little is overtly told to you. Like, mm-hmm. it's only your own recognition of his reputation as a fictional character. Like, I think from the age of, like, seven or eight, everybody has a general sense of, oh, Hannibal Lecter, the cannibal doctor. Yeah, like, Hannibal we've all heard the cannibal. Fava beans and a nice Chianti. Like, yeah. it's a line you hear, like, weirdly early in Hello, your life. Maybe just Clarice. our generation as 90s kids. Like, we know who he is from pop culture osmosis. And the show is edited in such a way that it'll, I think in the first episode or two, there's a bit where he says, uh, yes, these are leftovers from when I had a friend for dinner. And then yeah. it's like a shot of him, like, chasing after a guy and, like, lodging a knife in his back or something. Like, it's never clearly overtly stated to you, this man eats people. It just alludes to that. It presumes that you already know. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of vague things going on. Like, you're left to draw your own conclusions. Like, the editing suggests over and over again, here's a here's a shot of him cooking something. Here's a shot of him killing somebody. Mm-hmm. The editing tells us, yeah, he went and killed this person. This now he's eating them. But yeah. Yeah, like the episode where he's preparing for the dinner party. <laughs> he's just killing people all over town. It's great. And they're like, who keeps taking all of these organs? Is this an organ trafficking ring? We got to figure this out. Like, it's never stated. It, it, there's no dialogue at all about him eating people, except for his, like, dramatic irony. Like, oh, Jack, you should bring over your wife. I would love to have the both of you for dinner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's... It's it's fascinating too because we also mention the food just looks gorgeous. It looks so good. Yes. But then there's Ooh. that like that's people. Like that's someone's heart. That's someone's like, liver. And he's like, "Oh, it's yeah. it's pork." And like we don't know <laughs> for sure. Maybe one of these times where he's like, "It's lamb." Maybe it is Maybe it lamb. Is. We have no clue. Yeah. It's strange stuff in that show. It's good. I've I've I, I don't remember exactly people's reactions to seasons two and three. Again, I know a lot of p- people really, really liked this show and wished there was more mm. uh, of it. I, I know last, uh, well, according to Wikipedia, last we heard was like January 2019 when Mads Mikkelsen, I guess, said something along the lines of Brian Fuller is tr- tr- trying to get the rights to Silence of the Lambs so that they could do something with that and bring some of those characters in. Um, But I'm since season three was in what, like 2015, 2016, something like that? About then, I'd say, yeah. 
I I'm gonna assume that we're not gonna get more of this unless there's like a movie. But I don't know. But um Yeah, oh somebody we'll could see. pick it up anywhere. This is a I think this is a show that people have like the, the I wonder if my experience is the experience of many other people where I respect and admire the show artistically, mm-hmm. but it's emotionally very grueling to get through. Like I don't yeah. mind the physical gore so much, but just just how sad it is. Like there's no brighter points. Like there's there's no like lightheartedness. There's no like moments of every victory feels cold and hollow. It's like, yeah, we caught the killer. Uh, and, and now Will is even more of a wreck than he was earlier this week. Right. Like there's very little positivity to hang on to in the show, which makes it tough to get through. This is why I, I stopped watching. And I will say to keep it vague, there is a supporting character who dies midway through season two. And that kind of eh, just let me feel in a little cold. Like I got... Yeah. Like, I understood the artistic purpose behind the death. But I'm like, Hi, this show is so much of a bummer. Yeah. And I might, like, I was looking at those Netflix descriptions. I'm like, in season three, they go to Italy and they're in, like, Hannibal's ancestral castle. That's really tempting for me to continue the show just to see what the heck happens. Yeah. Yeah. We'll oh. see. I, 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 I do want to continue watching this show at some point. Um Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I saw on, I, I, I guess on their Wikipedia page too, but they were saying that reactions to season two and three were better received than season one, but it's still like, mm. season one is still fantastic, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know, but that's it. Good show. Good start yes. to our horror month here. Yeah, I'd say if you like... If you like horror or crime or just very stylized, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you like very stylized, aesthetically pleasing things and you don't necessarily mind what story they're attached to, definitely check this out. It's always been an impressive show, even if I leave it feeling kind of squirmish. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Let's get on to recommendations. Yeah. If you guys liked Hannibal, you guys might also like some of these things. I have mm. a couple recommendations. First of all, uh, Go for is it. the Netflix original show that I am now blanking on the name of because my brain just had a brain fart. Uh, Mind Hunter is the name of ah, the yes. show. Um, it, yeah. This show, I recently watched season two of Mine Hunter, so it was neat for me to see that and then go into this show because Mine Hunter focuses on the FBI and their behavioral science unit. I guess like back in the late sixties, early seventies, when they are just starting all of this, these investigations into what is a serial killer. Uh, in fact, they were the ones that coined the term serial ki- killer. So they're like developing all of these methods to figure out how to categorize them and study them and do all of that stuff. And one of the main characters is a similar character to Will Graham, where he Mm. is able to empathize with them and connect with them in certain ways. 
and they interview uh, the co-ed killer. They interview uh, Charles Manson in season two, and yeah, it's it's some some chilling stuff it's, yeah it's r- yeah. really slow but i re- re- really really enjoyed mm. season two um and yeah the the characters that are in 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 involved in that you just see this weight of like their work and what they're studying like start to weigh on them and their their personal lives and it's like oh we're we now know that serial or that people who exhibited this kind of behavior when they were young are more likely to grow up and be serial killers and stuff. Mm. And then one of them is like, Oh shit, my my kid is starting to do this stuff. And it's just like, fuck. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, that, 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 that show is good too. I would highly recommend that. Mm. Uh, As well as a comic, called Nailbiter. Um, You've mentioned this, yeah. I've mentioned it once or twice to you. Paul and myself covered this on an episode of the Whatnots podcast, which you guys can find on our website. Um, And it's six volumes in total. Uh, However, they are kind of uh, returning to the story uh, i think vo- volume one of nail biter returns is actually out this month um mm-hmm. but it is about this small town in oregon called buckaroo and it is the home of 16 serial killers so the thing that wow. i didn't like about this show is like man this all feels like it's in one town that's that wouldn't ever happen is the premise <laughs> for this comic book and it's a little bit a little bit more whimsical whimsical but it it is still a horror book the whole premise is there is a cop that figures it out he's like i know whoa 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 why there are so many serial killers that have have come from buckaroo and he calls his friend in the fbi to like hey i need you with me to break the story like you should come here and so the guy goes and he gets there and by the time he gets there the other guy has disappeared and he is gone and so now he has to investigate to find his friend and there's a character uh by the name of nail biter who is a serial killer much like a hannibal lecter style character um who was caught red-handed and ended up walking scot-free um despite him like they know like he is the one that killed all of these people and he got his nickname because after he killed his victims he would bite their nails and eat them off um which is gruesome stuff but uh yeah good Mm. book I highly recommend that one <laughs> as well. I enjoy, enjoyed it a lot. So nice. I, if you want to watch a man fall apart uh, <laughs> while there's a guy in a really fancy suit who's weirdly obsessed with him, and the whole show is like very highly stylized, 
with a lot of like metaphorical imagery. Trying to think we got of our old what friend. you're alluding to. <laughs> it's our old friend, Mr. Robot. <laughs> ah, okay. Mr. Robot. Yeah, good. I was like, what is she talking about? <laughs> good. Yeah, Mr. Robot is a good one. Yeah, about this Which guy is a show that apart. is, I think that show excels at its tone where it can be there are objectively very dark things happening and there are moments that absolutely. feel absolutely devastating, but it leans into the absurdity of some of its situations mm -hmm. and it has some lighter, more comedic moments in a way that makes the whole show much more enjoyable to watch without ruining the mood Robbie or the impact Malik of it just as a carefree drama. and sipping his latte and <laughs> skipping down, down the street is great. I think, I think of the episode where he's trying to sneak into that e-court building and like the Mr. Robot persona is taking over him and doesn't want him to go down there. Mm -hmm. And it's objectively the way this is filmed. <laughs> it's like Rami Malek running down a hallway, repeatedly hitting himself in the face and like slamming into walls. Yeah. Like it's, you've got the same sense of terror of like, this man is not well. He should not be here. Yeah. I know his goals are good and we need him to solve this problem. But like, buddy, like get yourself to a doctor, go home. <laughs> but it leads into how almost comically bad the situation is. And yeah. Why Hannibal does not. Yeah. Um, also, X-Files, of course. Yes, if you want more Gillian Anderson and more like dark Ooh, moody really another... interesting crimes the yeah, and x-files they did have a handful of like good more straightforward serial killer episodes like ones that didn't have very much to do with supernatural things it was mm -hmm. more like uh well we got called in to do a more normal fbi assignment there's no aliens this week yeah there's something kind of weird going on but it is closer to uh, an everyday serial killer as everyday as that could be and that's also a show that that had a lot of like case of the week episodes and some of them were like very tense dramatic stories and other ones would be a little lighter you know a, a little bit more fantastical or comedic so these are places where you can find uh, some of the same effects of Hannibal but they're mm -hmm. easier to watch yeah agreed uh, if you guys want more Jillian Anderson, but you ah. want her as the detective, uh, you guys should go watch The Fall on Netflix. That's right. That's a really great show that is uh, more so about the cat and mouse between the lead detective and the murderer and just how they are kind of playing this, ch ch this chess g g g g g g game with one another. That's a great series. I believe there's three seasons of that as yeah. well. Great show, though. Great show. So there you go. Recommendations mm. done. Let's move on to pitching what we will do for next week. Melissa, it is my turn Yay. to pitch some stuff. Now, you, I think you approached me off mic about this. You had an idea that you pitched to me that i kind of ended up going with he with here you were like hey Fun. i am unfamiliar with the like darker magic side of the dc universe or dc comics marvel co comics all yeah of that stuff 
Um, like I've seen, like I've seen Doctor Strange. I've seen the right. Blade movies. I don't know anything about those comics. I know Constantine is a guy. I can't tell you anything about him. Yeah. Yeah. So that's c- kind of what I went with, and I tr- tried to nice. find uh, some some good like starting places and stuff like that. This this is. I want to say uh, maybe a little more difficult to get into, like this side of the DC universe, just because, yeah, like some of the better entry points are older books, and you kind of need to read a lot of them to to do all all that stuff. So it's just like, you know, it's like, well, we don't have time to read the whole thing. So I don't know if just, you know, this first Mm -hmm. volume or two will really get you the idea I think you're looking for. So here's what I have. I have two comics and a TV series. Oh. Uh, The first comic is Justice League Dark. This is Mm. from 2018. This is actually a comic series that I am currently writing and buying as the issues come out uh uh-huh. this book has been great i love okay. it okay um this is yeah from 2018 and it's uh the description here on comicsology unlimited uh or just on on comicsology it says uh earth's magic once belonged to them now mm. they want the magic back but who exactly are they It's up to the new Justice League Dark to find out and stop this nightmarish new threat at all costs. After the events of No Justice, which you don't really need to know much of except for the fact that they broke something and now things are all messed up. Okay. Including magic. Uh, Team later Wonder Woman guides the misfit magic mix of Zatanna, Swamp Thing, Man Bat, and Detective Chimp against enemies to fantastic against against enemies too fantastic for the regular justice league wow Uh, yeah this i think will be a good introduction to different characters of the like magic side you have zatanna you have swamp thing i don't know if we'll see him in these first two volumes but i know constantine shows up Mm. um yeah you'll you'll meet characters like blue devil uh, detective chimp who is just a, ch- a chimpanzee who is a detective and can speak yeah <laughs> um, so yeah I, I I think that that will be a, an interesting one to check out okay um, I'll do the t- TV show next uh, pitch number two is Constantine season hey. one of Constantine it only lasted one season I believe this originally mm aired on nbc if i'm not mistaken Mm. um but yeah this focuses on constantine starring matt ryan in the title role constantine is a character created by alan moore first appearing in swamp thing uh and then (laughs) was uh launched into his own series um 
this is a show that I really wished got more than one season. I mm. thought it was great. Um, I don't remember the actor's name, but uh, Michael from La Lost. Harold Perrineau. I was yeah. just about to yeah. ask. This is the one thing I know about this show. He's, he's in he, he's in the show. And Constantine, he, he's a demon. So uh, according to the Wikipedia page here, uh J- John Constantine, a demon hunter and dabbling master of the occult, must struggle with his past sins while protecting the innocent from the converging supernatural threats that constantly break through to our world due to the rising darkness. Balancing his actions upon the line of good and evil, Constantine uses his skills as a supernatural scribe. Uses his skills and a supernatural scry map to journey across the nation to send these terrors back to their own world, all for the hope of redeeming his soul from eternal torment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I I wish that this show got more than one season because it ended up being pretty good. Uh, nice. They did k- k- kind of revive the character. He ended up uh, having some cameos on the CW Arrow show, which I really like. And then he became a series regular in Legends of Tomorrow. Um, mm. Which is their 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 show that's like a mix of Guardians of the G- G- Galaxy meet Doctor Who. Um, okay. Yeah. So he's one of the characters in in that, and he's great. Good character. Good season one of that. I Where's the tie? It's only thirteen episodes, so it's where it's a is short, that streaming yeah. at? Is that an HBO Max? Because it's a DC property. I'm I'm sure it's on HBO Max. I'll have to get back. Okay. on that though um and last but not least about a month or so ago we read a superman book we did and there was a character that showed up there that you were like i had no idea he was even a a, a, a character that could show up so pitch <laughs> number three is frankenstein agent of shade um <laughs> And it's Frankenstein as you've never seen him before in a dark new series. Um, let's see, he is part of a network of strange beings who work for an even stranger government organization, the Super Human Advanced Defense Executive. Shade, <laughs> leading his new field t- 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 team, the Creature Commandos, Frankenstein oh. and, co- and co- co- company must fight against supernatural threats uh, e- 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 even more strange and dangerous than themselves. Uh, there's only 16 issues of this whole thing. Uh, so okay. I, I, I'd say we just read the, 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 the whole thing. Um, sure. But, yeah, I think that will be a good one to check out as well. Frankenstein, Agent of Shade. (laughs) Uh, So pitch number one was volume one and two of Justice League Dark. Pitch number two was the season one of Constantine. 
And pitch number three, Frankenstein, Agent of Shade. Hmm. Was that Frankenstein book on Comicsology Unlimited? Uh, it is not. No. Ah. Oh. Dang. I want to do that one. But that seems trickier to get a hold of. Well, here, here's here's what we'll do because uh, neither is Justice League Dark, and Constantine I know is also on DC Universe. So I'll give you my login oh. to DC Universe, and that way we can just do it that way. Okay. Um. But but yeah, so that they they'd all be on there, and I know, uh all the movies and tv show stuff on dc uh, universe eventually will be moved to hbo max i think in january is when they're taking it all okay. off of dc universe so it's still on there for now nice cool well i'm gonna go with frankenstein then i really okay. enjoyed his surprise appearance in what was otherwise just a family-friendly Superman book about Superman and his superhero 10-year-old son just right. living life out on a farm and fighting aliens. And then all of a sudden, Frankenstein shows up. Yeah, that was that was fun. And, like, fun is what I need after watching Hannibal for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I need something really goofy. Uh, I think that'll be good um i will also surprise you and say at least the first like eight or nine issues of this written by jeff lemire ah our boy yes i want to see jeff lemire write a goofy frankenstein book (laughs) yeah and i think uh in the second half of this series i believe it's matt kent let me make sure on that that name is also familiar uh yeah i i did not want to tell you that it was jeff lemire up front because i knew if i mentioned that you'd be like let's go with jeff lemire (laughs) jeff lemire the one comic book person whose name i regularly remember right yeah (laughs) good stuff okay agent uh frankenstein agent of shade one through 16 Mm -hmm. uh, is what we will read for this next week Mm -hmm. um yeah i think it'll be fun i've never dived into frankenstein in a dc comics thing so this will be an adventure so cool good stuff good stuff uh melissa where can the Mm -hmm. people find you on the internet you can find me on twitter and instagram at wilkywit that's w-i-l-k-y-w-i-t interesting i hit our social media button and they got stuck like super small for a bit and then got got big Weird. Uh, you guys can find me at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter and Instagram. If you guys want to stay up to date on our shows, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter. Go like, share, subscribe. Uh, we are at 89 subscribers on YouTube, so please help mm. us out. I I believe that we can make it past 100 Yeah. by the end of the year. We just need your help to spread the word. Uh, go I, subscribe. I dressed up for this one. You had to. I, uh, I yeah. felt like I had to dress up to talk about this show. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just in a long sleeve t- t- t-shirt. Um, yeah, you're rocking more the Will Graham style. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the Hannibal of the two of us. I I, I dressed up for this. If only I was sweatier. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, go go like, share, subscribe, do all of that stuff. You guys know the 
deal. Mm. This has been episode 126 of the Whatnots Review Show. We will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.